Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso, and I want to thank you today for being with us as we take a deep dive into social media. You can also say that the subtitle of today's episode is The Death of Social Media. Now, I know it may sound like two different things, but just open up your mind, stay with me as we take this apart, and we learn a little bit more of what your future really holds. And I do want to thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. And after all, this is all about turning your vision into reality. I think you're going to love this topic, and please share this with friends that you believe would be helped by this, all right? You know, it's all about friends helping friends, and we need them more than ever today, don't we? So let's check this out. Social media, i.e., the death of social media. Let's take it from here. What do you know about social media? Well, we know that if we like and comment and engage, that we get more followers. We know that if we talk about what we do, sometimes, that we get more followers interested in our work, our projects, our passions. Do I have that right so far? I think that's how most of us thinks that it all works. Is that it? Are our lives and our businesses better off as a result? Well, I know that mine surely is, but I also know that it's not the end all. And on that note, the subtitle of today's episode, The Death of Social Media, well, it really scares me a bit. What death? What's dying and why? How do we fix it? How can we move on? It's almost like not having a cell phone or a computer anymore. Those are items we don't believe we can live without either. That scares me also. So let's drill this down. Meet Peter Montoya. For the first 25 years of his business career, he was in hot pursuit of the American dream. We know that one, basically changing dollars. And once he got it, he realized it wasn't the end all. He's the founder of over 12 companies, four failures, six doubles, and two home runs. Now, as a different person, if I can say it that way, he's bent on building leadership that lasts. You know, and it's not a job for just one person. He wants to help lead the change that's needed. And I asked him to join us today as this topic is near and dear to my heart and our future. And may I point out, one of his great books is called The Brand Called You. He knows this stuff. Let's find out more. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. I am so glad to have you with us today. Hey, Tony. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Peter, we're all looking forward to taking a deep dive into social media. I love this topic. I've got a lot of questions. I want to learn from you. But just before we get into that, let's kind of fill in your backstory. I I dabbled on it. Can you tell us, Peter, how did it all start for you? Yeah, I graduated with a degree in political science, which means you have three options. Uh, One is law school, but I had ADHD and school was really hard for me. The, The second one is sales. And the third one is bartending. Uh, so <laughs> I decided I didn't want to live in a bar. Uh, so I got my first job in sales working for uh, the, the one and only Tony Robbins as one of his front men. Uh, and I was basically a front end um, speaker and salesperson for him for better part of two years. Uh, I traveled the country for a total of five years. Then I uh, decided I knew enough to start my own business at 28. I wrote a book called The Brand Called You, started an advertising agency specializing in personal branding. Uh, and then started various businesses thereafter. I've owned CrossFit gyms, finance companies, insurance companies, coffee shops. 
Uh, and one of my most successful companies was a marketing software marketing automation company called Marketing Pro. I've owned a personal development called, a company called Thrive Union, uh, and now I'm on to uh, social media. So I am a, a speaker, I am a writer, and I'm also an entrepreneur. You've done quite a lot, Peter, and I am, again, very impressed to have you on our show and very appreciative. Throughout your corporate entrepreneurial life, you've learned a lot. You've been in different and various industries. Somewhere along the line, you realized that you needed to learn more about social media or that you were learning more, and eventually, at some point, you became this expert on it and its future. Tell us about that vision that led you to go down that road, because you, you could have gone down any road, but you went down social media. So how did that all happen? This last year, I, I, during the pandemic, I was actually very, very productive. I was, had been doing 100 speeches a year, which means 125 to 135 days a year on the road. But once the uh, pandemic hit, I became homebound and started doing my leadership training uh, and speaking all from home. And all of a sudden, I had more free time. Um, and I got really, I was very engaged in politics, maybe becoming a little bit of an extremist. Uh, and I did said and did some things that um, on social media and to friends, I said some things that I really um, regretted. And I was wondering, why did I do that? What was it that I, I really think of myself as a high character, civil, kind person? What gave me the right to say and do such nasty things to people who I loved in the area of context of politics? So I did a, di a deep dive to figure out why I did that. And out of that, I wrote a book called The Second Civil War, A Citizen's Guide to Healing Our Fractured Nation. I think that book, as far as I know, is the very, very first political self-help book, which means it helps people who have gotten oversaturated into politics, where politics has become the prism of which they see the world and everyone's either friend or foe, uh, how they got to help the people understand how they got there, why we're there as a society. Uh, and how to get themselves out of that uh, addiction uh, to politics. And while I was writing that book, and about a third of that book is on social media, social media, turns out, is the information e ecosystem that we're living in today that in many regards is making us politically sick. That's a very strong statement. Now, I know people that cannot stop talking politics. It has its place, maybe at the dinner table, maybe not maybe over a, a cigar and an after-dinner drink, but there is such a big world there, I think, in addition or, and or separate to it. It's, it's not the world. It's not the end-all. And in a way, I think some people are overly concerned into it. I like the fact about having a political self-help book. I like that a lot. But it kind of, as you're mentioning this, I'm thinking, well, I understand you're doing it, and I appreciate, and we all appreciate you're doing it, but why? What's that purpose behind this, that reason behind doing all of this uh, and going down this road with social media, as well as curing or assisting or tweaking people on the political mindset? Yeah. So obviously, uh, in order for our country to succeed, in order for us as a species to succeed, we have to be able to cooperate. And right now, the political division and social strife in our country is such that uh, we are at odds with one another, making it very, very difficult to cooperate. So what you're alluding to is what my, the first chapter of my book, which is politics has become for many people the, their new religion. So politics is, has become a religion for some people. Now, I'm not saying that literally like they're obey, you know, praying to a god, but I mean it metaphorically in that a religion can become a way of life. 
So for people who may be Christian, you know, Christianity is a way of life. For some people, there are surfers or skiers, and surfing and skiing is a way of life. And for increasingly more people, politics has become a way of life. It is all that they think about, all they can connect on, all they are consumed on uh, is through the prism of politics. Uh, you and I, uh, Tony, are old enough that we remember that um, the, the news used to consume about 30 minutes a night. <laughs> you would watch either a half hour of the local news, half hour of the national news, and news was news. And then we had these separate things called evening dramas. They were called dynasty. <laughs> and they filled two different compartments in our mind. One was this need for us to kind of exercise a, a Manichaean need for having good versus evil. We like having good versus evil, like Star Wars and stuff like that. We like having those, those stories told to us. And then we also like to have news to keep us informed because when we're informed, we're keeping ourselves safe, hopefully. And what's happened since the early 1990s is we've seen a merge of dramatic storytelling uh, as well as an increase in news. And so now we are seeing the news always through this Manichaean uh, lens of who is the good guy, who is the bad guy. That's why increasingly today, more and more stories that really should just be news-based are part of the, pol of the political drama. So the NFL is now political. Snowstorms are now political. Power outages are political. Fire season is now political. How did all these things become politicized? Uh, and that is because of the information ecosystem that we're in, which I can use that, that term very broadly. That includes cable news, newspaper, online articles, social media, YouTube, uh, and, and even podcasts and radio. So this, this whole information ecosystem has been saturated by politics. And for many people, politics has become their complete way of life. It sure has. And I'd just like to make a note that we are going to talk about social media here, and there's a lot to talk about. But I have to just comment that what you've just stated is so utterly and completely thoroughly true that I cannot think of any other topic. I can't think of any other word that when you say it amongst a group of people, whether you just met them at a networking or their friends and family get together or what have you, it is the most, it is, and it can be the most emotional, explosive topic. You know, just harking back to the old days when I was a kid, you could not say Mussolini at the dinner table because my dad would just start breaking out in this Italian political, the whole thing with fervent, great emotion turning red. And I've seen it over and over my whole life. As soon as you mentioned politics, a political leader, it's like a code word. It just, boom, the person just goes off. And I really don't understand why. And I'm glad I don't go off on that. At least I don't think so. But it's, it's, it's an emotionally charged subject. We're talking with Peter Montoya about a deep dive into social media. And you can find him at petermontoya.com. And I'll spell that. Peter, you know that word. Montoya is M-O-N-T-O-Y-A.com. Petermontoya.com. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hi, 
I love that sound. That's the sound we've all grown up with that indicates a sale. Some of us may remember the old cash registers that require you to input the amount of the sale and then pull a handle. When the handle is pulled, you get that bell sound and the cash drawer opens up. And it's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. When I first started podcasting, I didn't have much to sell, and today we're selling podcast marketing services, consulting, and of course, I've written a few books. And we're not stopping there because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. You're an entrepreneur, so what do you have to sell? Custom watches that you made? Nicely framed prints? Go ahead and search for what you have to sell on Shopify and you'll be amazed at the suggestions. Perhaps that will stimulate you to create another great selling product. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first scale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. So let's do this. Go to shopify.com slash Tony, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Tony Right now, shopify.com slash Tony. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. All lowercase. Try it today and tell me how you like it. Shopify.com slash Tony. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with Key Influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. And check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find everything back to day one at Tony D-U-R-S-O. Dot com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Peter. Peter, please tell us why is politics such an emotionally charged subject before we get into the social media talk? So even though we all are educated, we've been to school, we're very cultured, we may have been to college, we're working professionals, uh, we all really believe that we're really civilized. Uh, wrong. Actually, we're, we're not. Uh, we still have these Stone Age brains that really have not evolved in tens of thousands of years. So 10,000 years ago, Tony, if you and I were in the same tribe, we're probably in a very, very close tribe, about 50 to 150 people. And everyone in that tribe knew each other really, really well. We fought together. We ate together. We cleaned together. We sang, we played, we danced. We did everything together. And we knew everyone in that tribe as if they were our own family. And if we were out uh, of our tribe, not wandering in the forest, and we came across another tribe, maybe we painted our faces green and they painted their faces red. If we came across a red facer, 
we would immediately take defensive postures. We would raise our spears. We would start yelling and we'd want to probably kill them. So there'd be a very high likelihood of some kind of a conflict if we came in contact with another tribe. 30% of all men died by violence uh, 10,000 years ago. That's how violent we were as a species. So when we come across somebody who's not of our tribe called tribalism or in-group, out-group bias, our hackles raise. We go, oh my gosh, this people is not one of us. I don't feel safe. Now, we're you know, much more civilized now. We, the violence rate and death by violence is far less than 1%, but still we have this ancient psychology. And so when we have conversations and we start bringing up the news du jour, we bring up Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse? I don't even watch the news, so I don't really know his name. Kyle Rittenhouse, we bring up an election. We bring up the January 6th riots. And all of a sudden, uh, our family members may be using a different information ecosystem than we are. And so they have different talking points, and they come forth with a different talking point than we do. And before we know it, we're arguing, just like if I was a green facer and you were a red facer. Now, we're not going to actually you know, lunge across the table and stab Uncle Tony with a fork. But we're still kind of have that sense of being triggered, of being enraged, uh, even though we're just talking politics. So I'm making some vast generalizations here. There are many people that have rational, calm discussions about politics, where they're actually debating the merits and trying to find solutions. However, most of the political conversations that I've either been in or been witness to, it's really what you're saying is, is are you in my tribe? Oh, you're not in my tribe? Well, my dad can beat up your dad, and I'm going to pummel you into submission. It really isn't a discussion. It really is a sign of outrage because the person sitting across from you who you thought was familiar to you, was your family, was your friend, all of a sudden is not displaying the same tribal badge that you are. We are incredibly tribal. That is a great definition. Thank you for explaining why people freak out when you say something political. Now it all makes great sense. Let's go a little bit further now. And I mentioned your book called The Second Civil War. And you suggest in that book that we are already in a civil war. So please, what do you mean by that? And I'm going to presume that this goes beyond social media, which is the topic of today's episode. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they think about war, think about hot wars. And that means you have tanks and soldiers and guns and even machetes and things like that. And that's a hot war where it's very, very violent. We have had flashes of a hot war this last year. Over 30 deaths occurred last year that were over politics. They happened at riots. They happened in church bombings, shootings, uh, and even cars running over pedestrians. They were political in nature. Uh, 30 deaths is, as far as I'm concerned, way too many. I never want to see any Americans killing any Americans, or anyone for killing anyone for that matter. What we're in is a cold civil war. And cold civil war tactics include everything that is not violent. So what we see today is a friend against friend, family against family, neighbor against neighbor, or colleague against colleague. When we have these, get into these political conversations, all of a sudden we show that we're not in the same tribe by sharing a tribal belief that does not align with them. All of a sudden we're shaming them. We're saying, well, how could you believe that? How could you be moral and be a decent person? How could you be kind and believe what you believe and align yourself with that way and, and vote for that person? How could you be that way? We feel this moral outrage and all of a sudden we have shamed and or shunned those people, which means we no longer have relationships. About 90% of every single person I've asked 
How many of you have lost a family, friend, or work colleague relationship in the last five years has said yes? So that's what we're seeing in this Cold War is the tearing apart of the American fabric through shaming and shunning. That's the type of war that we're in. Let me think about this because you, you paint a very good analogy. A war usually has the old definition, your ammunition, your, your equipment, your armament, your artillery, etc., there's a place, there's a location. So, and there's a reason, like, let's just say a border dispute, you know. So, so let, let's identify why is there a war? Is there a specific topic of a conflict? Is there a, a line? Oh, you're on that side now, you're my enemy. Oh, you're on this side now, you're my friend. And where are we fighting this battle? So it, it, it's almost uh, nebulous because it's not, a, it's not a physical war. Oh, great questions there. Um, so, uh, first of all, the, you know, our original Civil War uh, back in 1961 and 1965 had very, very clear dividing lines. One dividing line was over slavery, and the second one was over federal versus state rights. Very, very clear dividing lines. Uh, when we asked, what is the, the, the war about today? You, I'm going to make some generalizations here, uh, by the way, that not everyone will agree with. Uh, some people will say, well, you know, there's d- distinctive policy d- differences, and there are some policy dis- distinctions, but it's not universally accepted. What this war really is about is which version of reality is true. (laughs) So every model of leadership, every single model of problem solving all starts with the same first step. We have to agree upon the given set of facts of reality. We all have to commonly agree here is the common set of reality. And right now we have an eco information ecosystem that is so corrupted, so polluted so perverted that it has uh, bisected into two different, largely, not completely, but two broad speaking, two different divisions, which are being fed two different sets of information. So what we're arguing about, first of all, is what is reality? (laughs) And we can't get past that. Now, there are policy differences. There are policy distinctions. Uh, However, what we're really fighting about is what is reality? Now, Now, here's the fun question, and I'll even ask this question of you, Tony. Tony, where do you think this battle is being fought? Yeah, when we ha- it goes hot, it gets fought in the streets, but that's fairly limited. So on a day-to-day basis, where do you think this battle uh, is being waged, Tony? Well, Peter, where I live a lot is on social media, and I see it. I see sometimes, uh, what, the wor- what word, a cannon fire, a, you know, a bomb. I see a blast saying, blah, 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 to the other side. You know, it's like, these are powerful, strong words. They're bad words. They're, they're, some of them are vile. And I don't mean swear words. I'm just saying when you say something even like your leader or this leader is XXX stupid or dumb or ignorant or whatever you want to say, those are bad words because these are people that's supposed to help us, supposed to be with us. And there's, again, that emotional flair. So I see it a lot in social media and also sometimes when you have get-togethers. And this may be a reason why some people have this adversity to the holidays because when the family gets together, it's all these different strong political and other views, which make it uh, a drama filled environment. And we don't like that. So some of us don't even want to have the regular family holidays because of, we don't want to talk about that stuff. We want to talk about good things, you know, which, which is its own whole thing. So, but it's usually social media that I see this a lot. Right. So it's a very typical answer when I do this presentation and I ask audiences, people do say the dinner table, they say, you know, when we're out having coffee, 
and they say social media. But here is the bad news and the good news about the real battlefield. The actual battlefield for this cold civil war is in between your ears. It's actually in your mind. And that means that politicians, political parties, media companies, uh, media personalities, what they're trying to do is get inside your mind and get your allegiance to their tribe with your eyeballs, which means your attention, and with your pocketbook, either through subscriptions or with your attention, which pays for advertising. And the more allegiance that you give to a political party, the more that party has uh, actually wins. So the battlefield, believe it or not, is actually between your ears. That's both bad news and good news. The good news about that is for any of the listeners here, whether you're in the United States or around the world, and you feel that there is an other in your country, uh, I hear a lot of that. You know, the other side is horrible. They are terrible. They're awful. They're, they are ruining our country. Just so you know, that division, once again, only exists in your mind. You are the one creating the partition between you and the group of, of your countrymen. And you can decide to eliminate that whenever you want. We <laughs> control our thoughts. We decide who is an other, who is with us, and who is against us. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. When you're trying to nail an important project, you may need some extra help unless you can literally do everything yourself. But while you can try, it's so much better to let experts do what they do best so that you can stay on top of your business, right? Fiverr Business puts a world of expert freelancers at your fingertips so you can get that project across the finish line and be proud of the work. Plus, you'll get everything you need to seamlessly integrate your new team members into your workflow. And that's Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. There's two R's in that. I first started my podcast radio career about six years ago. The first show was called Revenue Chat Radio. I didn't have any knowledge or experience in creating decent banners or any digital graphics. Someone told me about Fiverr, and it was and is to this day a tremendous lifesaver. I use Fiverr exclusively for anything and everything I need. I make banners of all sizes. I get web page designs, my videos get edited, book covers are made, animations are made, and a bunch more. All on Fiverr. I recommend Fiverr. Join up and you'll see me listed as a VID, a very important doer. And you know, I've tried other sites and none compared to the way Fiverr is structured and how easy it works. Using it exclusively for six years should tell you something. Stop wasting time searching for talent. Just leave it to Fiverr Business. Their team of dedicated business success managers help match you with the best talent for your team. Let's do it. Find the freelancers you need to give your next project just the boost it needs to finish strong. Right now, you can sign up for Fiverr Business absolutely free for the first year. Get one free year and save 10% on your purchase on Fiverr Business with promo code TONY. Just go to fiverr.com business and don't forget promo code TONY. That's F-I-V-E-R-R dot com slash business. Code Tony. Try it today and tell us how you like it. Fiverr.com slash business. Code Tony. 
listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDierso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. And by the way, if you podcast, let's get you more engagement on your episodes with thousands of visitors checking out your content. Would that be cool? Go to TonyDURSO.com slash clicks and see how we can help you. That's TonyDURSO.com slash C-L-I-C-K-S. And now back to the chat with Peter. So my book, The Second Civil War, is a book of optimism, of empowerment, uh, and of hope. Very interesting. And what you've just said is so true. Again, one simple piece of information can totally change someone's mindset between hating, loving, or taking extreme action against something. If you found that someone fictitiously or not did something harmful to you or your your family, you'd be up in arms. But if it was false, you'd still be up in arms because you think that it happened. So our minds are precious. Our minds are valuable. And I know this ties into social media because we're being fed all this. What do we do about this, Peter? <laughs> yeah, very good question. And that's part of the reason I went from just writing a book to wanting to develop a social media platform. So we can look at this at the individual level, or we can look at it at the platform level. Uh, on the individual level, I dramatically reduced my use of social media. Uh, I used to use social media hours a day, uh, and now I might use it for minutes a day versus hours. That's what I chose to do because I realized how incredibly toxic, unhealthy, um, and unproductive the, me- the social media landscape was. And increasingly, I'm finding more and more people are starting to realize the futility of so many social media platforms. Peter, I've got like um, a dichotomy of questions on this. First of all, you talk about social current media platforms, how they have to die. You talk about that in your book. And I can hear some people, the emotional people, if- if that's even the correct way to say it. Some people are probably cheering and jumping, going, yeah, down with this social media and down with that. And they're very happy about it. And you also talk about in your book how a new series of platforms should rise, you know, just rise up and be differently structured. So the part that I'm at odds with is social media used well can be good. I talk about my show. I talk about different things. People engage. People like it. People love it, et cetera, et cetera. It's wonderful. I like social media and it's very important to me. Uh, hopefully, I'm not the only one that there's a lot of people that find it very successful and just stay away from the controversy perhaps and, and focus on what's important. Can't we just do that? Do you believe social media really has got to have a reset, a rebirth to kind of use some of those, uh, you know, people mention about, oh, just restructure, re- reset, you know, et cetera. Does it really need that? It needs a really significant overhaul. So social media 1.0 was MySpace. That was back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And you could even consider AOL, maybe a very early social media platform. Social media 2.0 was Facebook and Twitter uh, in 2007. And what, that was, what made them different is they finally started doing email verification. So you had some level of responsibility um, getting onto it. But these social media platforms are largely cent- social, uh, centralized, which means all of your data is in one place. And they largely monetize themselves by exploiting and extracting value out of their users. That's social media 2.0, where it's actually pulling more value out of people's lives than it's actually contributing. 
Now, I think that social media will probably be around for the rest of our lifetimes uh, and then some. It's here to stay. However, this next version, Social Media 3.0, that'll be coming up here in the next three to five years, will be actually adding more value to people's lives. So what social media uh, does correctly and really taps into is our incredibly ancient and important psychological need uh, to connect with other human beings. We need, at a biological level, the approval of other people. That means we need their connection. We need their physical presence. We need to be around them on a regular basis. And social media does some of that. Social media is at its worst when it keeps you from being in personal relationship, physical contact from the people sitting on on your left or your right. So when you're laying there in bed and you have one spouse pointing one way on their phone and the other spouse pointing the other way on their phone and they're sitting there on social media rather than being together, social media is really at its worst. Social media is at its best when it is facilitating real world engagements. So uh, I too have enjoyed social media and having posts and getting people likes and liking it and having comments. And it is a huge uh, dopamine rush. Uh, I really enjoy that. However, that connection to some degree is synthetic and does not really meet our biological need for physical presence. So that physical presence of other people is different than the synthetic version that we have here. So I will take this digital version, this Zoom version of Tony, uh, but much, I'd much rather be in, person, be in person with you. And that is actually better for me. I will live longer, less brain disease, healthier if I have more people in relationship in physical presence over the course of my lifetime. And that has been proven by Harvard, the longevity study. It's an interesting point on there. Of course, we, I believe as people, we like that someone likes something about us. Some people may live for that in the entertainment world, perhaps. I don't, but I can see that it has its place, that you want someone to know, you know, you spent all this time doing something and it's not really has to do with pride, hubris, whatever. It's when you build something with your hands, if you've built a car or built some furniture, if you've had a baby, if you've created something, there's this tremendous satisfaction and joy. You know, for me, I put a lot of time into creating a good interview. I put it out there. It pleases me because I made it for people to help them. It pleases me that people like it. If there was zero response, it would make me think that something's wrong with the product, the, the service, the version, whatever. If there's a lot of responses, it's like, hey, great. I'm helping fulfill something for entrepreneurs, startups, small businesses. I'm helping give them something that they can think with and use to, to be better. So it's important from that point of view for me to have what you call the likes, the loves, the comments, because otherwise it makes you feel you're not fulfilling your purpose if there's just crickets in return. Yes. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So there's a you know, very, very long held battle in psychology uh, about when we give to somebody else, when we like, you know, say, I appreciate you, or we give somebody a hug, or we help a friend out, or we help them move in some way. Um, are we really doing it out of altruism? <laughs> Which means, are we really solely doing it for the benefit of somebody else? Or is, do we actually have receptors, these mirror neurons that go off when somebody else is gratified, we feel gratified um, as well. And there's no defined answer on that one. They're still kind of debating that one. But yeah, we feel good when we are appreciated for doing well for others. Uh, This is one of our most uh, essential and most uh, primitive functions is this ability to get approval by cooperating with the people around us 
and is absolutely essential for our survival. Uh, going back 10,000 years ago, Tony, if you and I were in a tribe of 150 people uh, and you did not pray to the same God that I did, you didn't align with our tribal leader, we would probably throw you out of our tribe. If we threw you out of our tribe, Tony, 10,000 years ago, what would it mean for your existence going forward? I resent that remark. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that to you, Tony. Well, fine. Too late. I'm going to start my own tribe. <laughs> you, you would hope. Who wants to come with me? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, when somebody was thrown out of a tribe, when they were shunned because they didn't cooperate well enough, or maybe they took advantage of somebody else in the tribe, or maybe they didn't help you know, enough on the last hunt, and they were ejected from a tribe, it meant death. Uh, you would either die of starvation, you would die because you got injured and there was no one to care for you, another tribe would kill you, or an animal would kill you. It meant certain death. And that's why when we feel rejection, and all of us have gone through it, you know, in junior high school or high school, you were excluded from a party or a dance or thrown out of a social group, or maybe you didn't get into the club or the fraternity or sorority you wanted to, and you felt that awful, horrible pain of rejection. Uh, that is our emotions telling us, giving us, in, you know, these emotional responses indicating what we need for our survival. And what we need for our survival is the physical acceptance of other people. Peter, we're doing a deep dive into social media. So we want to learn, us businessmen, entrepreneurs, what should we be doing? And I'd love to eventually make sure we talk about your new social platform that's coming up called Earth, U-R-T-H. So, uh, but first, the first part is, what should we be doing? Are we not doing it right? Because you said it's got to all come down and rise up. So can we get a head start on perhaps what might be a better practice? I'm even saying it that way, the, the right way. So let's, let's talk about a couple of the biggest problems with current social media platforms. And most people will probably agree with this. The overwhelming uh, problem with social media is the incivility. Uh, is that we don't treat each other online the same way we treat each other when we're face to face. Uh, and actually being online has a lot of similarities to driving a car. So uh, I'm not a jerk uh, when I drive a car, but I have been a jerk <laughs> when I've driven a car. And the reason is when we're driving a car um, and we see another 6,000 pound vehicle coming, coming near us, we can't see the person inside of it. It's an, it's an object to us. It might as well be a charging rhino. It is a threat to our physical being. On the other hand, when we're walking down a sidewalk and someone starts to kind of walk into us, it's very rare that we get hostile, that we exchange bad words with them or tell them to, you know, F off or something like that. We, we just don't do that when we're in person because we recognize it's another human being. And that's oftentimes how we treat people online. We objectify them, even people we know who are good friends. But on our, on our browser, all of a sudden, they're just a little icon. Maybe it's not even a picture of them. It's just their name. They're saying something. And we get uh, triggered in a sense. Uh, that if, from those same tribal reasons we talked about earlier. And before we know it, we're saying these awful, horrible things that really aren't even who we are. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Here's a topic that we probably didn't take too seriously many years ago, but now it's a completely different world. The world is full of fear. It's on our media, radio, magazines, newspapers, you name it. 
There seems to be so much fear going around that it just oozes out in the air. How did that happen? And what do we do about it? Let's talk about something that you may not have given much thought about in the past, but now it's a necessity. That topic is mental health. Yep, mental health. It's time for you to get a therapist. Yes, a therapist. And I'm going to tell you about Talkspace, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E. Talkspace makes it possible to speak with a licensed therapist right from your phone, tablet, or computer. You know, meeting with a therapist should be as ordinary and judgment-free as going to the dentist or getting a personal trainer. I love that Talkspace makes it easy to connect with a therapist privately and lets you message whenever you need to. It's all the benefits of therapy without the hassle of setting appointments and waiting a week or more between conversations. If you've ever wondered about therapy but aren't sure where to start, you need to check out Talkspace. At Talkspace, your privacy and security are their number one priority. The app puts you in a private room with just you and your therapist. Send messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for a weekly appointment. Talkspace's encryption and added security features keep your conversation fully protected. So let's do it. Join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code TONY at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code TONY. That's T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E dot com, code T-O-N-Y. All right, check it out and tell me how you like it. Talkspace.com, code TONY. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is a deep dive into social media with Peter Montoya. And by the way, would you like more followers on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn? We can help you with that and get you organic followers. Check out Tony, D-U-R-S-O, dot com slash clicks. That's Tony, D-U-R-S-O, dot com slash C-L-I-C-K-S. And now back to the chat with Peter. So the first thing that's really got to change with social media is we need uh, user authentication. Uh, So we need to know that every single person who's on social media actually is who they say they are. Uh, It's estimated of the 3 billion users on Facebook that upwards of 500 million of them might be fake accounts. This creates uh, an environment on Facebook which is really untrustworthy. We don't trust that what we're reading is true. We don't trust the person that we're talking to is actually a real person. And we certainly oftentimes don't trust their intent. We don't trust Facebook and what they're doing with our data. So when we're on a platform like uh, Facebook, oftentimes we're fearing, feeling very, very vulnerable. We don't feel safe. So user authentication in a lot of ways is like going across a drawbridge into a, a guarded castle. Once we know who you are, we see your picture and they're a real human being. And then also that there are consequences for lying for incivility, for behaving badly, that should be one of the keys to helping us behave better in a more civil manner. 
Peter, I'm a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. I'm on, I'm on social media. And because I have a business or I'm a startup, I respond responsibly. I'm very uh, considerate. I'm very helpful. And I'm none of those things that we're talking about to some degree in the show. I'm not going down political. I'm talking about, I put logos on shoes. I've got custom watches. I, I frame pictures. I draw. I'm an artist. I sell. I'm talking about it. I'm not going down a political or an emotionally charged subject. I just want to engage with people and talk about this art and, oh, look at my new picture of birds in flight and over the moon or just whatever. And I want to understand social media better to get more people to, to get the more of the right people, if that's the way to say it, that would be a possible audience for my business or service. I want to engage with them. Do you have any tips or things that you can teach us about how to be better to help us? Because we, we want to learn from you. You know this world. And we do want to talk about your new social media platform, but we want to learn from you to help grow our business. Absolutely. So yeah, my first book was called The Brand Called You. It was the uh, second book on this new field or philosophy of personal branding. And it came out before social media was even there. Uh, but I've been uh, you know, on social media since the very, very beginning. I've got over a million followers on Facebook. And the only way you do that was getting on there really early. So for lead generation purposes, which is you know, one of the goals of marketing, the best way to do that is through content marketing, doing exactly what you do, Tony, uh, which is you create content, which is authentic and true to you, has rich features, rich value, and connects with your audience such that they go, I, I get a sense of who Tony is. Uh, I think I really sincerely believe the following. If anyone's business owner is taking notes and really wants to understand how to create a successful brand, write down the following words. What you stand for is more important than what you sell. What you stand for is more important than what you sell. So whatever your values are, whatever you value most, however you want to help humanity, how you intend to help, your mission, your purpose, and your vision is more important than the products and services that you sell. So you've got to make sure you have that part first. Then you've got to connect with them with content. And the content can be a podcast, in video, it can be articles, it can be posts. But that content has got to be saturated with your personality and rich with ideas that make their lives better in some way. That's the, uh, the uh, lead generation side of it. And the next side of it is the prospect nurturing side. Let's talk about Earth and, and what you envision is a more correct, more proper, more easy, more versatile, more, more better, new, improved social media 3.0. Tell us about what you've got cooking. There's a couple of things going to be true about the next wave of social media platforms. And I'm quite confident there are entrepreneurs like me, um, a dozen or two dozen in garages across the United States who are cooking up the next versions of social media. There's a couple of things that I think are going to be happening. The first one we already talked about, and that's user authentication, uh, where we verify that everyone who's on the platform actually is a human being. Um, our founding fathers created one of the most important and sacred of our rights, um, and that was uh, the freedom of speech. But they never imagined that freedom of speech would be disembodied from a person's identity. So there are lots of social media platforms that allow you to create an avatar, which be, and maybe even a fake name and a fake picture. And that way, there are literally billions of accounts on all the social media platforms who are saying things they know that are not true, who are intentionally muddying the waters and attacking other people and starting fights. So... Right now, uh, the greatest threat to America is not Russia, it's not China, it's not Iran. Right now, the greatest threat to America is other Americans. 
we are doing such a good job of beating up on one another, maybe because of some of the influence of outside actors who are stoking the fires a little bit. Uh, the, the other countries are pretty much uh, the, the big winners in this civil war that we're having right now. Um, so that's the first thing is user authentication. Uh, the next thing is most likely a trust or reputation score, which we've built into it. The primary currency right now on social media is sensationalism um, and, uh, and, and sensationalism. So more or less, we want reactions. We want people to like what, we, what we've done, which is wonderful. We all want approval. Uh, however, we really need to move to a more reputational-based system. So uh, Facebook really is um, all about sensationalism and attracting followers. And LinkedIn, if you're on LinkedIn, you know it's much more about reputation. It isn't so much about your size of your followers. It's about the quality and your reputation and how trustworthy you are. So we naturally have uh, an analog trust score in our minds for every single person that we know. And most celebrities, we think about whether we trust them or we don't trust them. Uh, and so we're keeping that already. Social media platforms will also start having reputation or trust scores. And this will be a much more moderate and a much more gradual way of coaxing people rather than just putting them in Facebook jail or throwing them off the platform. Those things are far too severe. Your reputation or trust score will, will be used and be created by your friends and family reacting to what you do. And the higher your trust, the more amplified your content. Uh, that's the, the second thing that will really change the civility. Uh, and the last thing that I'll mention is what we'll call uh, your self, uh, self-identity sovereignty. And that means you're going to start owning your own data. So rather than your data being owned by social media companies and exploited, is you will have self-sovereign identity. You will own all of your data. It will no longer be held on a central computer. It'll be what's called decentralized. And if you choose to see advertising, you will get compensated for it. <laughs> So no longer will Facebook be getting rich by showing you ads. You will get compensated for seeing advertising. So those are probably three of the changes we're going to be seeing in social media 3.0. One of the good features that I see right away is here I am speaking with people about my show, entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs, and connecting them with experts such as yourself, elite entrepreneurs, because face it, you cannot listen to everyone's seminars, read everyone's book listen to everyone's podcast, take everyone's classes. It's just, there's just too many people in, in any particular category, just about. There's just too many people to do and follow and consume everything. So a show like mine, I try to curate people in the top of their category and bring it to, bring it to the audience that I feel would help. So in this case, the new social media 3.0, well, I'll be verified. It won't be fake. You'll know that I am who I am and there's just one Tony. I like that. Just one Tony. <laughs> And I'll have a trust score, whatever that is. Sounds almost political, but it sounds like I could be more trustworthy and maybe a better quality of a social media experience because you're dealing with a real person that hopefully won't just troll around. It was paid to knock the other side or whatever and just say stupid things because they wouldn't say that to you in person, which we talked about because they're little, they're not, I wouldn't call them cowards, but I think they're just, uh, they're instigators and this is, uh, this is their fun, their joy. I, I don't understand why someone trolls or says bad things, but, but I think it's so far removed that there's a real person at the other end. They're just saying stupid words. And, and I think a person like me at a certain level perhaps can realize that and move on because it doesn't help my service, doesn't help my product, doesn't help getting you great podcasts to, to watch. It doesn't have anything to do with it. So it's sort of like move on. 
But I think something like that, the, the social media platform you're talking about, it, it has some merit, has some usability in terms of the proof. Unfortunately, we need that, which I don't really like. It seems like everything and anything you do these days requires all this documentation on who you are and where you are and how can we prove you. Unfortunately, it seems that it has to happen. So I guess we try to make the best of it, huh? <laughs> that we do. And you're absolutely right. With this more quality, more trusted experience on social media, we should be hopefully able to get more people who actually have deeper relationships with us. And what it really should enable is more cooperation. Uh, that's why we do this. By the way, the reason we want people to like us is so hopefully they'll cooperate with us when we need them uh, in some way, whether it be building our show or painting our house or having a picnic or going camping or playing sports. We want and need the cooperation. And social media right now doesn't do that offline all that well. So what we really want to do with social media is enable human beings and creators like you, Tony, to not go, not only being a creator, but to have a civil discourse with your audience and really be able to position to help make effective changes in their lives, to really have ongoing conversation so you can really reach in and work together to solve the problems you want to solve whether it be building somebody's business or increasing their sales or reducing their, their customer churn. We want creators like you, leaders, and the audiences to be able to cooperate better together. Excellent. Once again, we talked about the death of social media and we took a deep dive into it with Peter Montoya. And you can find him at petermontoya.com. Peter, thank you for sharing with us today. It is the sort of information we discussed kind of gets the head buzzy and you got to think about it, ponder it. Watch, listen, and review this again. There's a lot into it. And remember the Peter's key points that he brought up. Really great. I just want to thank you so much, Peter. This was a great interview. Thank you. Tony, thank you for having me. It was a thrill. I really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. This was such an intriguing interview about one of my most favorite subjects. We did a deep dive into social media. Wow, we talked about so many things, and we started off about the Second Civil War, suggesting that we're already in a civil war. And we did the parallels and the analogies to a war, a cold war, and what's really going on. Check out Peter Montoya's book, The Second Civil War. It's on Amazon. The tagline is A Citizen's Guide to Healing Our Fractured Nation by Peter Montoya. We talked about how it goes beyond social media, how social media is full to a degree partially full, half full of fake accounts, people that aren't really real. And we see them sometimes. Here we are, we're running a business and we want to deal with real people. And we get these weird or dispersing type communications at times. I do. We want to just deal with real people, talk about our products, talk about our services. So if we restructured social media a little bit better, then we should be able to better reach the person that we want to reach and better engage and talk about what we have that can help them. We talked about what is this conflict about, what are the dividing lines, and where the battle is being fought. It's not a physical battle. And we talked about how we have friends, family that have social views. That One word we talked about, you start talking politics sometimes and it just sets people off. Yet we have to deal with them, we have to work with them, and how do we handle that? We talked about how the current social media platforms have to be restructured, reset, or have changes. And Peter is creating a whole new platform called Earth, U-R-T-H. It's coming out in 2022. Now, I can already hear the people cheering about that. And 
that they're going to like something like that because it puts everyone, I think, on a better playing field. And we talked about, well, what's wrong, how it's hurting us, how it's hurting us as an individual, how it's hurting us as a species, as mankind. You know, I remember MySpace way back when. Were you in MySpace? Because I was. It was the rage. Everyone was doing it. It was like all the big celebrities, everyone in the world was on MySpace. And then it just died. Now, if that was social media 1.0, then we had Facebook and Twitter, which did their huge rise. I, I think Twitter's still really good. Facebook has its ins, ins or outs. I think there's like, what, 2 billion people on that now or something like that on per month? Regardless, if that's 2.0, what will social media 3.0 look like? And I think that's where the Earth, the URTH social media platform coming out in 2022 is going to be all about. There's so many things. We talked about it. Peter has given some good information there on what you can do and how you can use social media and how you can improve your position for yourself, your company, your products, your services in dealing on social media. I really hope you got all of that out. Tell me what you got out of this. If you want to hear anything more or you have some dialogue about it, please let me know. Give me your comments in the video platforms or just tweet me at Tony D-U-R-S-O on Twitter. That's probably the most prolific social media platform that I'm on. I'm on a multiple. All in all, this is all about helping you move. I want to help you move on your journey to success. So let us know and thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 